Welcome back to our Unveil Faces. I am your host, Rosie Leonor. And uh, as you can tell, my voice is still not completely back yet. I am still healing from the cold. I was fighting last week, so please pardon me. And at the time of this recording, I still didn't have much of a voice, but I didn't want to miss a week where I didn't want to. I wanted to share. I wanted to make sure that I shared my reflection with you. And this one is actually particularly special because it talks about unity and how much Jesus really, really wants us to be unified. And again, this is another deep dive into the book of John. So I pray that you enjoy this, not just enjoy it, but I pray that you it will challenge you and that you can take the practical application at the end and really apply it this week to your life. And as always, you can find me on our unveilfaces.com if you want to give me feedback uh, through the website, through the email, or um, if you're watching on YouTube down below. Welcome to our Unveiled Faces. I am creator and host, Rosie Leonor, and I'm here to help you find strength and inspiration in your daily spiritual restoration journey with God. I pray that this episode will encourage your faith. Enjoy. Welcome back to another episode of our Unveiled Faces. I'd like if you can please excuse my voice. I am actually getting over a cold and my voice is just starting to come back. But I didn't want to miss the opportunity this week to share this deep reflection with you today. So today I want to talk about unity. I want to talk about the kind of unity that Jesus prayed for before he went into the garden before he had the deep prayer, before he was giving over to be crucified. This is the prayer that he had when he was still with his disciples after they had the supper and after Judas left, after Judas left and he was going to go and, and betray him. This is the prayer that he prayed. And I want to focus on a few verses here because to me, when I read this, it was very impactful. It was very impactful because I realized that Jesus really, really, really wanted us and wants us to be unified. And what I mean by us, I don't just mean me and the members of my church, although I love my church. I truly do. I, I love my brothers and sisters, not just me and my church, but all members of God's church, all members of the body of Christ around the world. And so I want to, all of us, for all of us to read this together. I want to focus in on John 17. And the first verse is going to be in John 17, verse 11. It says, I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world. This is Jesus praying to God for his disciples, for his disciples. He says, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. That is the first verse. And again, this was he was praying for his disciples, the disciples that were there now at that moment with them. If you scroll down a little further, go down a little further into the Bible, you see Jesus prays for all believers. So he 
will pray, as he says here in verse 20, my prayer is not for them alone. I also pray for those who will believe in me through their message, through the message of the disciples, which he was sending out into the world to preach. And then in verse 22, it says, I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one. And in verse 23, it continues saying, I in them and you and me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Wow. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. And even just as he says, you know, the world will know then. The world will see that. They will know, they will recognize that because of their unity. And they'll know, they'll know that you have loved them, that God has loved them even though, even as God has loved Jesus. So let's talk about unity for a moment. You know, what is unity? Unity in itself means one. Uh, I think about, you know, when you get married, when you get married, you are supposed to become one. That's Jesus, you know, that's God's plan for marriage, that we become one. Body, spirit, all of that, right? We, we become one person, right? One flesh. As when he created Adam and Eve, he put them together and became one flesh. Eve was made out of Jesus, of out of, excuse me, out of Adam's flesh. And so marriage is becoming one, right? So when I got married, I became one with my husband. So I think about one and I think about marriage and how we need to become one. And even that, for those who are married, even that is hard, right? To to really be one in and, and, and every way and just behave that way and learn to become one in every way. That is that is a journey in of itself, right? To remember that and and um, you know take out our independent spirits, so to speak, and and really become one in every way, right? Well, I think about also family. You know, when we talk about our spiritual family, our brothers and sisters, you know, oneness is supposed to be seen in family. When you see, when you think about your family, you're supposed to be unified. Now, understand this: that many people, many of us. We did not grow up necessarily seeing true oneness in our families. You know, no family is perfect. I, I really doubt that there was true oneness in, in any family. But I think there are families out there that may be exemplary. Um, but, you know, just think about the oneness in family. As a spiritual family, God wants us to become one. So how do you know that you're one? How do you, or how do you reach out and make sure that you are one with your brothers and sisters around the world? I'm talking to my fellow brothers and sisters, not only within my church, but around the world. Well, first of all, and I think about marriage, right? When you're married to someone, when you love someone, you want to communicate with them, you know, just as we're supposed to communicate with God every day. And it's not just supposed to, we, we should, right? Because we have a relationship with God, we communicate with him, and he communicates with us by us reading the scriptures. And of course, by him speaking through us, to, through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is also God. Remember, we spoke about that last week. So, how often, this is what I want you to ask yourself, how often are you in communication with your brothers and sisters in Christ? Maybe you're a part of a church community. You're a part, perhaps you have other brothers and sisters um, within your workplace. Maybe you have other fellow Christians, right, uh, in your workplace. 
How often are you in communication with them? How often do you pray? How often do you know what their needs are? Do they know what your needs are? Do you communicate that to them? Do you know what their needs are? And are you serving their needs? Are you serving their needs? Are you asking for prayers? Notice that it's both, goes both ways. You ask and they ask. This isn't just, oh, they're not coming to me and they're not, uh, you know, nobody, nobody cares about me because nobody's reaching out to me. No, we got to do that to each other, you know, like in a relationship with God in our marriage, we have to speak to one another. Like, you know, it's funny because sometimes, and I'll speak to wives out there, if you're a wife, um, or even if you're in a relation, a serious relationship with someone, how often do you ask your significant other or your husband for something you need? Like, communicate with them, look, this is what I need right now. You know, maybe you do sometimes, but do you do that often? Or do we expect them to know? Oh, they should know already. They should know what I need. My husband, my wife, they should know what I need. No, you got to communicate that. So it isn't just, oh, no, nobody's coming to meet our needs. We've got to express our needs, too. I want to challenge you this week to really reflect on this and meditate on this, on these scriptures that I have referenced about unity. Ask yourself, are you in communication with your brothers and sisters, whether within your church community or other brothers and sisters that you know in your neighborhood or in your workplace? How often do you pray for them? Do you know their needs to pray for them? Do you ask them, how can I pray for you? Do you pray with them? That's another thing. You can pray with each other. I pray, you know, we in, in our, our uh, group, we have a, a family group within our church and our husband and I, my husband and I, we lead together and we serve them and we have prayer partners each week and we switch up. Why? Because it helps create unity. It helps us get to know one another better. That's a method you can use. You can maybe make a plan to pray for each other and, and have prayer partners. That's one way you can do it, a practical and also, when you know what to pray for, you know how to serve. You know, I know there's a sister whose who's, you know, who's father um, this week is, is back in town. And um, and so I, I know that, you know, he has needs and I, I want to go serve. And I'm going to go serve and, and cook for her dad this week. And even, you know, despite being sick and, you know, do what you can, though, because I, I you can only do so much, right, when you have certain. So do what you can. Don't don't overdo it either, but do what you can. I want to challenge you to do this and become more unified with your brothers and sisters. Again, not just within your church community, but from all over, wherever you are. I hope and pray that this episode has encouraged your faith and has encouraged your day. And I will see you next time.